it's that, but it's also like a cult story. It's cool. It's fine. It's a really, it's a really good book that I fucking hate. Welcome on back to another special episode of This Is Why You're Wrong. Every episode's a special episode. I was gonna say that. You took the words right out of my mouth. Well, you know, doing the podcast and knowing you for a seemingly endless number of years, Stephen. I know. We we think alike. Yeah. Today, we uh, we have a guest. It's not two guests this time. There's only one, but it only is still. But I'm so special. I might as well be two. She's so special, she may as well be two. But she's only one, so it shouldn't take as long as last episode, I expect. But it's another book episode, so it might take as long anyway. It may take as long anyway, because we're just talking about books that we like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are This Is Why You're Wrong. My name is John. I'm Steven. I'm Alex. And I'm Liz's mom, Tammy. She's Tammy. She's our guest. She's another adult. The Some may say that... All of us are adults here, depending on what your your range of adults is. But I think if you're a millennial, it doesn't matter what age you are, you're, yeah. you don't feel like an adult. It's real and hard. Anything, what, Gen, is it Gen X it's before Gen us? X. Yeah. Gen X is, the, like, the adults, and then before Gen X are old people. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, how old people. <laughs> They're the actual boomers, actually, the ones before exactly. me. Exactly, there you go. My parents are boomers. Boomers are old people. Damn boomers. <laughs> Alright. But every time we have a guest, they're the expert, the expert goes first. So Also, I'd like oh, to say before we start we Yeah, we didn't even say what we're talking about yet, Stephen. They can read. That if you probably read the top of the episode, it says science fiction and fantasy books. That is not science fiction or fantasy, because we already did fantasy. It's science fiction science. and science fantasy. So if you if you got magic, you're probably not here. But you could be if you also fight with swords. Correct. And there's space or like sat- like satellites and shit going on. Yeah, if you got space in the book, it's probably sci-fi. But if they fight with swords and it's space, it's science fantasy. But what if they fight with swords on another planet? Then that's science against robots. Fa- fantasy. Yeah, yep. science. science yep, absolutely. Fantasy. Just making sure, you know, just front-loading it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I was going to say was, since we're talking about books, we're probably just going to, like, instead of saying, I like this book, and someone else being like, holy shit, that's a bad book. I don't think anyone's going to have a bad book on their list. It's just going to be, where did we put the good books on our list? Basically, yeah. So, we there may be a quite a bit more agreeing than disagreeing on this episode, but we'll see. Sure. We will see. We'll see, yeah. All right, so let me know when you want me to start. You can go right ahead. You are the guest. You get to go first. (laughs) All right, so number 10, right? I start with number 10. Mm -hmm. Um, And this one I had to to make a hard choice, but okay. My number 10 uh, is uh, The Maze Runner by James Dashner, um, published in 2009. Did I ever hear of that? Yes, mm-hmm. okay. I've heard. I've, I've heard the movies were not good. I have never seen the movies, so in fact, I didn't even know it came out. It was a movie for a really long time afterwards. But I fucking love these books. These books 
were I've sped through them. They were so fast for me. They were they were good. I liked them. What was the series called? Maze Runner. Yeah, this guy, this guy, he wakes up in the middle of a labyrinth and he he becomes one of the runners that tries to find the where the how to get out of the labyrinth. Um, but they change the, the the powers that be change the labyrinth every day. So they have to go out. And then there's like these things in my mind. I remember it being these things that were like Daleks from Doctor Who <laughs> that would chase them also like these machines that would chase them, the maze runners. Um, but it's a really convoluted story, and there's like five of them, four or five of them, uh, books in the series. So are you picking the first book in the series, or are you picking the series itself? Um, the first book in the series. The other books were good, but it, I, the first book is the best one. So that's my number 10. I've definitely heard of this book. It sounds super interesting. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, there's several on here uh, on my list that are considered YA, youth fiction or whatever youth science fiction and um but there's some that are so good so that's why they're on there um but maze runner was one of them there are a couple ya that i expect to be on steven and my list yeah uh, uh, alex's as well We'll see if they're the same as mine that'll be interesting well who wants to go first between the three of us i'll go first. i'll go i'll go for it alex actually yeah go cool. for it uh so same as last time i don't read as much as these guys so half of my list are books I want to read. The other half are books I have read. Okay. Uh, so at number 10, we have 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Okay. Uh, which is like six books in one book, I guess. Uh, they all seem very interesting, and I really want to read them. Jules Verne, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wrote uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth also. I didn't know that. I think so. He wrote, well, he has a bunch of books. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah, he, he does Journey to the Center of the Earth, mm-hmm. Around the World in 80 Days. All of his books are just fucking people Big going adventures, on adventures. Right? Yeah, both reasonable and unreasonable. They're like they're like uh, sci-fi meets steampunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of, because he's during that era. Well, I think, 60s. I think some of them, like Around the World in 80 Days, I think that's just like a typical exploration book. Like, I don't think it's very steampunk. I've, I've never read it, but I don't think it's very steampunk. I think it's just, like... Because it's in an air balloon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, Which, yeah. I will never get in an air balloon. They're dangerous. People die in those. <laughs> yeah, they're I want to own an dirigible. Like, that's my dream... That's, like, up there for, like, dream places I want to live in. A dirigible? I dirigible? Yeah. I want to live up... Like, like the dude from Up. I want to hang out <laughs> with a bunch of talking dogs, fucking hunting. Oh animals. yeah, I remember. Little fat Asian kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to be that. But I want to be. I want to be the the poacher. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm afraid of hot air balloons. I'm afraid of what happens to you when you're in them and then they fail. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. If you built it wrong, because you're in the wrong era. It may explode because you put oxygen in it. What? <laughs> or what, what? What was a Heisenberg? It was oxygen. The Hindenburg? Right? No, no, it was uh, a was... Hindenburg. Yeah. Hydrogen. Think... Hydrogen. Yeah. Still, put the wrong gas in your <laughs> air balloon. Got to put only the right gases, <laughs> like helium. God, if the Hindenburg doesn't happen, I'm living in a dirigible right now. 
I don't even have to, like, I've got, like, easy. I'm afraid of heights. There's no way in hell. Yeah, same. <laughs> no way in hell. I have a hard enough time. That was the one of the scariest things was flying from Oregon back to Dallas, looking at the Rocky Mountains. It was like, oh, shit. If this fucking plane does anything, I'm dead in the mountains. That's it. Dead in the mountain. <laughs> Do you want to go next, John? That's fine. I have a lot of, like, inner debate on my list. Because there, there are so many good sci-fi books. There are so many good sci-fi books that just I like and that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But there's also just a bunch. Like, so science fiction is, is you know, it, it has been blossoming over time. Like, it starts with, like, Dracula and Frankenstein and then, but you also have, like, pivotal authors of every era for science fiction. Mm-hmm. And it grows with each one. So, you know, some of mine are, like, cornerstones of science fiction. Sure. Uh, mine, too. So yeah, number, I've got some on there, too. Number 10, it's a book that's fun and that I like. And I think that it kind of started... A new genre. It is The Stand by Stephen King. Oh. Is that? I guess it is. And it's so it's apropos absolutely. right now. Yeah. It like kind of kind of goes with what's going on with COVID right now a little bit. Yeah. Uh, this uh, you know the the disease from The Stand was much more deadly. It oh, was sure, like a ninety nine percent kill rate. If you caught it, you died. The only way to not die is if you were immune to it, which you had like a 0.1% chance of not being immune to it or of being immune to it. Right, uh, right. But I think, I'm not entirely sure, so you don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that this is kind of the cornerstone or the start of the contagion style genre. It's from like 1990-something. Right. 1994. 1994. Which, quite a while ago. I don't know. I, I, I disagree with that just a little bit. The movie I Am Legend is based on a previous movie, which is also based on a book that was in the 1950s, I want to say. You'd have to look mm. that up, though. Because I Am Legend is about a contagion, also. Sure, but, like, I, I'm, I'm not saying it created. It's just, like... Launched gave it, it a further. push. Yeah. 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 Okay. I can. I, I can. I can agree with that. I think it made it more popular. Like in my own personal opinion, I think Frankenstein or Dracula was first, but Frankenstein was better, and it just kind of launched sci-fi into or but science Dracula, fiction into its own. I thing. wouldn't put Dracula in sci-fi. Frankenstein, sure, but not Dracula. Why not? Dracula's um, more fantasy. It's yeah. It's that would be high fantasy. Yeah, I think that one would kind of correspond with what magic would be. Yeah. Or any I, any of the horror genre, anything that falls into like a, a horror, H O R R O R, not horror. <laughs> um, I think that would be you know. Whereas Frankenstein was never meant to be in that genre, but Hollywood, of course, dumped it in that genre. But I agree with you about the stand. You know, making the the um, a post apocalyptic due to a virus kind of thing. You know, the only thing that can really hurt humans besides humans themselves. I agree with you. I think The Stand did that for sure. And uh, I didn't even read The Stand without reading Stephen King's Dark Tower series. 
which that yeah. those that series is super fun. And during book four, I fucking hate that book. <laughs> no, you love that book. That's Wizard and Glass. Wizard and Glass is number no, yeah. four. No, Wizards and Glass is number four. Your favorite book in the series. Is Wolves it? and Cut. Yes. What's the one before Wolves of uh, Wizard and Glass? It's uh, the Pain Train. I don't remember it what it's called. It is Pain Train. You're right. You're right. Blame the Pain Train. Those books are super. Those books are super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but book four, Wizard and Glass, is a like a backstory book. But in real time, they are hanging out in the world that is the stand. The stand. Uh, and so that's why I read the stand. Because I wanted to like kind of understand what's going on a little bit. Because you know Stephen King's books are all kind of like connected in some vague way. Mm-hmm. Isn't it like the same darkness? Like the the bad guy, like this the 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 bad guy kind of in the stand was also in Needful Things. Yeah, yeah, it's the same guy. Mm-hmm. He has he has like three. It's like the Yellow King. Uh, fucking what's the dude from It that's also a bad guy from, and a lot of his shit. Pennywise? God, no, it's not Pennywise. He's also in Evil Things. It's okay. basically just the devil. Yeah, it's 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 the devil, essentially. As a character, mm-hmm. but he has a name. And I don't remember what his name is. I'll find it eventually. Mm-hmm. All right, my number ten. It is Middle Game by C.M. McGuire. It is about two twins. Who are separated at birth, but they, they're like genetically modified twins, and there's alchemy and shit, but they're trying to find, they're trying to find the missing link, basically, but like the alchemical missing link. So you've got two twins separated at birth, and they find each other because they can talk to each other via telepathy, and then it's about their life and their divergence and stuff, how they how they change paths. But one is a math person and the other is a language person, like the two the two twins, and they use their their abilities basically to to fuck about with time and stuff. It is very interesting. It's not a cornerstone, and I just enjoy it a bunch. So it's just it's just my number sure. ten. It's a fun it's a fun book. Uh, I've seen this on your Audible quite a bit, and I just haven't got around to listening to it yet. Mm-hmm. It's super fun. Yeah, it sounds interesting. I've, I've never heard of that one before. See, that's what we'll be good about uh, publishing the list. That way, I can go back and see what y'all said, and I can read them. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's one of my that, favorite parts about these book yeah. lists. Just finding books that we haven't heard of yet. Yeah, yep. More stuff that we need. Also, Randall Flag. That's his is name. The bad guy from the stand. Yeah. 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 Bad He's the one that that other guy brought a nuclear warhead to, wasn't he? Did he bring in the stand? Did he bring like a nuclear warhead up to Randall, whatever? Yeah, something like that. It's been a long time since I've read that book. Me too. Randall I think I read Flag, it in 1996. <laughs> he tried to uh, impregnate that one girl so that he could have the spawn of Satan or whatever. That's that metal as fuck. Yeah. That book's crazy. It's so much fun, though. You want me to do my number nine? Yeah, go ahead. All right, my number nine is Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. That's a good book. It is a good book. I don't know 
that that book is really cool. Um, in fact, Liam had to read it last year for, for school, so I went ahead and read it again because I hadn't read it in like 35 years. And uh-huh. I still liked it. I like the idea of how it almost kind of is, again, reflective of today in a, a certain way with like his wife is like very into like her TV shows and shit um, and how everybody is like really kind of addicted to the, the screen in their house. Um, and he's a fireman who goes and burns books that people hide in their house. Um, so I just, I thought that was really kind of an interesting thing that books are, you know, um, evil. Yeah. That they're evil and that they, they, you know, the ideas that you get, but also it's kind of cool because when he does escape and he goes out, you know, to where all these other people are that, um, don't fit in with the city or whatever, you know, he runs for his life because he's on the list. Um, the other firemen are going to come and burn his house down because he's got a book. Uh, the whole city, once he leaves the city, the whole city goes up in a nuclear explosion because they and another city were fighting. And so, like, everything goes up in a nuclear bomb. So he and the people that are left have to, like, rebuild society in a way. And then they, they all remember the, their, the books that they remember. So they, like, rewrite all the fucking books. And I thought that was really cool. <laughs> That is my favorite of that of those Brave New World, mm-hmm. nineteen eighty four, mm-hmm. Animal Farm. That is my favorite Mine Big too, Brother yeah. book. Mm-hmm. If you will. My, I think it's got more of a hope ending to it, actually, than nineteen eighty four does. Because in nineteen eighty four mm-hmm. the lead character gets he gets brainwashed, it all ends. Whereas this guy doesn't. He escapes and all the shit people die in the, <laughs> the nuclear holocaust and he and these other yep. <laughs> bums or whatever are going to rebuild society and do it without all that electronic bullshit. Mm-hmm. See, that's why I like 1984 more is because I think it's more realistic. I was about to say that, yeah, the fact that they lose. I think if I think if we get to the point where we are living in Brave New Worlds, yeah. Fahrenheit 451, 1984, whatever, yeah. we're living in one of these worlds, I think there is no hope. I think we have lost. I, 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 I really don't want to think that way, John, <laughs> but okay. You're probably right. I'm a little bit more of a pessimist, I think. Eh, maybe. I'm really hoping but, it didn't get to that point. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I love all three of those books, though. Mm-hmm. Brave oh, New yeah, World like a little them. bit less. Yeah. Brave New World, I read it a while ago. I need to go back and reread that one, but my least favorite out of the three. But they're all good. Yeah. I... I'm going to say right now, though, I didn't put any of these on my list because I love them. And they Mm -hmm. are like cornerstones of literature. I think everyone should go out and read them. And they are technically sci-fi, but I I just didn't want to put dystopian on my list because I felt like it was different from where what I wanted my list to be. Right. I had to throw one dystopian in there. And I figured if I did, I had to do at least one. You know, or we weren't going to put like all three. We would just put either Fahrenheit 451 or 1984. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't decide, so I just didn't put either one. Randomable. Yeah. All right, Alex. Uh, my number nine is Neuromancer. Ooh, hell yeah. That's a that's one I really want to read. Same. It looks very good. That's like, it's like the beginning of Cyberpunk, which is cool yeah, as shit. Yeah, I was about shit. to say that. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Yeah, I haven't read that one. Either. But I, I saw it on a sci-fi list, so that'll be on my list, too. 
It's apparently part of a series. Uh, three part series, mm-hmm. four part if you're including Book Zero. Which I don't know what it is. It's super cool. Yeah. We Cyber- never do. Cyberpunk stuff is rad. Did you want the whole series or did you just want just to do the first, the first book? Because I don't know the series yet. The cover art for it is also sick as hell. Yeah, absolutely. The the one for Count Zero and Mona Lisa Overdrive are not good, but Mona That's Lisa a Overdrive ass name. Yeah, that name fucking slaps. <laughs> it, it it paints a picture for sure. That is a that is a fantastic <laughs> name. Well, not yeah. That's the name of my dirigible. Absolutely, Mona Lisa Overdrive. It has to be. It absolutely has to be. That's so cool. We got to read Neuromancer. Yeah, Once it's I on the list now. More, <laughs> more on the list. Slap it on. We got so many books. All right, John. Wait, John already went. No, I didn't go. You haven't gone. What's your number no. nine? It is uh, it is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Only book one. These oh. books are so much fun. They are. See, I like They're all so of much them. fun. For me, it would be the whole series. I So my problem with it is... the So there are five books in the series. It is basically the same book every time. <laughs> I feel. Like, it, you, like, they all have the exact same feel... Mm-hmm. And sure, the jokes are different, but like the jokes are in the same place and they are delivered in the same way. So, and the story isn't that much different from book to book. It's just like the progression of mm-hmm. the story. Where going, so going into like book one, not knowing anything about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy besides the answer is 42. <laughs> Gotta take your towel. I was blown away by that book because of, like, how funny it was compared to what I expected it to be. I, you know, it just, it hits you from every direction. But then going from book one to book two, well, now I'm expecting all of it. So it just isn't as good to me. And they didn't right. hit me with anything new. Uh, all the, the books The dolphin are fun, thing sure. didn't surprise you? What was it? No, not really. Like... It's the it's like the meme nowadays. It's uh you know I wasn't expecting that, but I was expecting to not expect it, so it doesn't count. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I met him so, once. I met so. Adam. Oh, nice. But those books are fun. They, I don't know if they're cornerstones or anything, but like, it's a funny sci-fi book that I think if you read it, you'd probably have a good time. Yes. Mm-hmm. I I. It's on my list, too. I just won't tell you where. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. We read this book recently. It's The Martian. It's a good Andy book. Weir. I enjoyed the hell out of that book. It was so much fun. That book's also just a ton of fun. Yeah. A lot funnier than I was expected it to be. Oh, definitely. I agree. There was so much dry humor mm-hmm. between... Uh, uh, fuck. I don't remember his, his character. Neither do I, but guy, funny guy with himself, doing math stuff and planting potatoes. I mean, it's it's Matt Damon. Yeah. Matt Damon's character is hilarious in that book. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the the book is definitely better than the movie. They're right? practically one for one. So yeah. are they really okay? Because I, I liked his character in that in the movie. There's slight changes. Uh, I, I, I like overall. the movie. 
I liked the movie more because I could visually see what's going on mm-hmm. instead of him needing his character to explain to me where everything is kind of located. Yeah. Uh, I like I seeing the space aspect rather than being told about it. But since most of the movie is just him talking into that webcam, like it's it's pretty much the same. Okay. I'll probably oh, still read it. <laughs> I should probably watch that movie. It's a ton of fun. I, I liked it. Yeah, I liked the movie. Sure as hell liked that one better than um, the one that Ma- uh, Matthew... What's his name? What? Interstellar? Interstellar is so good, though. Yeah, Interstellar's fantastic. I got I got really bored in that movie. It is a long movie. It is a very long movie. I just thought it was like... I don't know. <laughs> I get I get I just got really bored. I, I have a really high I guess high expectations for sci fi when it comes to certain things. But and that one just was kinda like mm. I'm not like you know I'm not the Matthew McConaughey's number one fan. Not at all. So <laughs> What is your number eight? So my my number eight? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um uh, my number eight is the Tiger's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> okay. But the whole series. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say the whole series because I liked um I liked every book I, you know, for it being part of the series, but I liked it for itself too, like the different, I guess, revelations of the whole how it gets to the point where, you know, they are still going to build the inner interstellar or the intergalactic highway and they have to get rid of Earth to be able to you know, put that intergalactic highway. And uh, so I, I like that. And I think, you know, I think Zephob Beeblebrox is an amazing character, the two-headed guy. I think he's he's great. Um, so, yeah, I like that. And um, I read it a long time before I, I met him, uh, Douglas Adams. And it was just, it wasn't like I met him and sat down and had like, you know, a beer or shit with him. It was, I, I met him in a bookstore. He was doing a book signing. And so my friend and I, in fact, I have the book that he signed and I made him laugh too. So I was really impressed. Um, he was signing books and everybody, there was such a long line. And then his publicist said, I'm sorry, Mr. Adams can no longer sign personal messages on the books. And it was right before I got to him. And I looked at my friend Fleur and I said, Hey, that means he can't, he can't uh, proclaim his undying love for me. And he started to laugh. He still did not sign it. You know, <laughs> you know, with a personal message, but I made him laugh for a second, so that was cool. And then he died, I don't know, 10 years after that, so. Bummer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bummer. Yeah. Alright, yeah. <laughs> peace, Douglas Adams. <laughs> Alright, so that's that was my eight. Alright, Alex, what's your number eight? Uh, the Foundation Trilogy. Okay. Uh, Isaac Asimov. I have two. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. that's a good one. I like Isaac Asimov. I've also mm-hmm. never read those, but I hear they're like super important in the science fiction genre. They are. He's the robot guy. Mm-hmm. Well, he has the first law of robotics, which they're still working on today. Like when they build like, you know, like like the androids, AI, like mm-hmm. that, like that one that's got citizenship in Saudi Arabia. Her name's like Sophia or something. Um, the first law of robotics is robots will do no harm to humans. Mm-hmm. That's the one I'm pretty sure that that's going to be fucked up someday. <laughs> oh, probably. There is yeah, going to be, well, it's going to be like Terminator 2, right? Robots become self-aware and then just kill all humans. 
I mean, that's a or like in aware. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, or the Matrix. <laughs> Robots do a lot of fucked up shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's a, that is a good series. Mm-hmm. It's on my to read list, but so is everything else apparently. So I haven't got around to it yet. Yeah, never ending. Never ending. All right, John. What's your number eight? H.G. Wells has a lot of really good books. So I I picked my favorite H.G. Wells book for my number eight. It is Time Machine. Nice. Very nice. Yes. That book's fantastic. It is. I love that book. Uh, and, and, and he has a lot. Like, I've read The Island of... Uh, Dr. Monroe? Yep, that one. Oh, I love that uh, one, too. Um, War of the Worlds is good. The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. War of the Worlds is my favorite of his. And The Time Machine. Uh, I think in the other three books, he has the point. He, You get to the climax. It feels like the climax is super early, and then it just kind of like drolls on for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But in The Time Machine, I felt like it didn't do that. I, it was just, it kept picking up the entire <laughs> way. Yeah. Uh. And I feel like the time machine also, you know, it's just a super ahead of its time kind of a book. It's this man, he's going so far into the future that humanity has changed. And he's got got this. Yeah, you got this weird class system (laughs) between these big brutes and these small, dainty ones. It's very interesting. Uh, it's super fun though. You should you should go and read that book. Yeah, I agree. I read that last summer. Same. It's also really short, 118 pages. Yeah, all all, of all four of those are, books are super short. They're super short. Mm-hmm. They're that's they they go. He goes right for the action from the beginning. There's not like a huge, mm-hmm. you know. To to me, I liked it because there wasn't like this huge um, setup for it. Yeah, it's not it's not very daunting. My number eight, I mean, it's low, but I really fucking don't like this stupid book. It's Dune. Dune, Dune is such... Thank you for fucking saying that. I hate that book. <laughs> Dune is such an important book <sighs> for science fiction, but it's so... It jumps around all over the place. It's He it's, doesn't it's get to the point... It's so, he spends so much time, like, the world building of that book is fantastic. Like, it's so cool. But, like, the sci-fi bits aren't that interesting. <laughs> like, I don't really give a shit. Tell me more about the spice. Yeah. And the, the, spice, and the big spice worms. Worms. The nun magic. <laughs> yeah. But, it's like, the, 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 he doesn't, if that book was longer than it is, it's already decently long. If that book was longer than it was, it was fleshed out a bit more, there was less jumps, I think it would be much better. Because he, he Paul Modib, he like, ages really quick. Yeah. And I guess I wasn't really expecting him, I, I expected it to be a coming of age story, and it's that, but it's also like a cult story. It's cool, it's fine, it's a really, it's a really good book that I fucking hate. <laughs> Steven, you are I like this book more than you do. It's not on my list. Yeah, that's why it's at eight. <laughs> it's there. 
Like, I thought about it. It's important. It's important. That's why I made the list. Yeah, it's like number 11 or 12. It's important, but it's like a textbook. It's super dry. That's a perfect, that is a very perfect analogy. Yes, I agree. It's like a fucking textbook. The world building in that book is incredible. It's the rest. It's the science, it's the sci-fi stuff I don't like. Or which was done better. It's Those boring. kind of books make you think, oh my god, this person has so much fucking time on their hands. Mm-hmm. Evidently yeah. they didn't have another job. <laughs> that's how I felt, uh, I'll be honest with you, if I would have been on the fantasy one. That's kind of how I feel about Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings and hate it all at the same fucking time. Yeah, Lord of the just Rings. Just because it's so convoluted. It's just such a, a world. That's why The Hobbit's such a good book. Because it's not as much... Like, yeah, it doesn't have as much going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. Exactly. I talked about uh, having the uh, the Song of Ice and Fire at number, I think I had it at number 10 on the fantasy books. Dune mm-hmm. is the same thing for science fiction or science fantasy mm-hmm. as Game of Thrones is for fantasy. It is an important book or series. It did a lot for the genre. Mm-hmm. It was like a strong impactful book but it's boring as all hell i don't really want to read these books yeah like they're not fun i'm not enjoying it Mm -hmm. like it's good but i don't i'm never gonna go back and read these books like i'm i'm uh we got uh lies of lock lamora 4 and stormlight archive 4 coming out soon so I went ahead and I re-listened to the first three books in those series because those books are super fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. If and when George R.R. R. Martin ever releases book six, which I don't expect him to, but if he does, I am not reading books one through five again. <laughs> I, I'll, I've i read the first two and then it was like, meh. And Doug asked me, hey, are you going to buy the third one? Nope. I'm, I'm done. The third one's the best one. Yeah, I keep hearing... I keep hearing mm-hmm. that Dune just like takes off and is super good. After yeah, the there's also one. like six Dune books or something. Yeah, it's a series. It's like Wheel yeah. of Time. If you don't like yeah. the first one, I I don't I'm not just I'm just not going to read the rest. And they're oh, all like 900 pages long. Mm-hmm. And you know I'm a reader, but when you look at like the first book of a series is 900 pages, you're like, what? And then there's five books and, after it. What the fuck, man? <laughs> I'll never get. And through. if it's not that fun. Like Dune is that long, and it's still not long enough. Yeah. Well, because he just packed so much in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he still has like random ass. Uh, you know, got that child that's just a god. Yeah, she's just a <laughs> god now. Yeah. Does whatever she wants. It's wild. Very right. science fantasy, though. It's it's a it's a book that is impactful, but I don't know why or how it became impactful. Like, rumors. why is this the book? Just rumors. Oh. It's kind of it's it's kind of it, it it insists upon itself in a way, kind of like I said, like yeah, exactly. So when somebody says, "Oh, you're into sci-fi? Have you read Dune?" and they say it like you know, if you haven't, you're like pieces of shit on the planet. Because you don't know sci-fi till you've read that. That's usually when I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck you. <laughs> well, my number seven is true sci-fi. It's uh, Do Androids Dream of Electronic Sheep by Philip K. Dick. Okay. Um, which is what Blade Runner. Very good. Yeah, it's what Blade Runner was based on, which actually the movie Blade Runner is 
hardly even remotely barely like the book. <laughs> um, they took a lot of, li- and I'm talking about the first one, not the second one. I'm talking about the first one that came out in like 19, what is that, 85 or whatever with Harrison Ford, the first mm-hmm. Blade Runner movie. movie though. Not the, yeah, not the, the one that just came out, I don't know, the last couple of years. 2049. Yeah. Um, so the, the book is, is really good. Um, it still begs the question, as does the movie, but the book itself begs the question more if um, uh, if he is actually also um, a replicant, you know, uh, not just Rachel, but he himself, um, if he, Deckard, if he is also an android or, you know, a replicant. But I just, I, I like Philip K. Dick. There were so many that I wanted to put on um, here by him, which is why I asked you, John, if short stories were kind of okay or collections. Because uh, almost everything I read by Philip K. Dick is fantastic, and they've made so many movies out of his stuff. Like Minority Report is one of his. Um, mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch, and I just uh, the latest one I, that I do recommend also is A Scanner Darkly um, that they made a movie out of, and that was awesome as well. But it didn't make my list. Do Android's Room of Electronic Sheep is my number seven. That's the only book by him I've ever read but I've heard that all his other stuff is really good. Um, what I've been trying to do recently with my reading is take an author and then just read like a bunch of their stuff so mm-hmm. that I can compare the books to each other. And I just yeah. haven't reached Dick yet. Um, it's on my, it's on my Kindle, John. Okay. Nice. Almost everything he's ever written is on my Kindle. Nice. So you have access uh, to it. I, we read this for a book club that Stephen and I went to for like a month you went and then, well, I mean, you went to the first meeting. Yep, and I read all those books. You read all of the books, never but never showed up. <laughs> uh, I agree that the book. So the book and the movie have the exact same theme and the same characters, but the the uh, the feeling is completely different. So, like well, in the in book, the, she's still married. She's like his wife is still there, but in the movie, she's off world with their daughter. Yeah, so it's like... It's, it's been a while since I've seen the movie, but yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm even saying... I just mean, like, uh, the feeling of the book, there's, like, one action scene, and it's, like, half action. And it's, like... Because it's not an action book. It's a philosophical, empathetic book. It's, are androids more empathetic? Are humans more empathetic? What does it mean to have empathy? Why are we doing all of this stuff? But the movie, it feels like an action movie. Like, he's running around, chasing androids, shooting them up. But that that's not important in the book. That's why the second one, the 2000, uh, 2049, that one's significantly less of an action movie. There's a lot more pondering the question of what does it mean to be an android? What does it mean to have empathy? So 2049, well, it has been described to me as one of the truest sequels ever. It is also significantly closer to what the book is going for. Ah, I mm-hmm. gotcha. Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep, when I started this episode off and I said I was debating within myself, it was either The Stand or this at number 10. Okay. Oh, so gotcha. cool. this is not on my list. It's really close. It's like right at number 11. I love this book and I feel like it's really impactful. Mm-hmm. I just really like The Stand. Even if it's not as important, but Alex, what's your number seven? Dune. Okay. Dune is at number seven. I have mean, you read Dune? I have not. You should probably read that book. 
but it's a book that <laughs> no, we gotta look I at would him tell... and tell him, well, if you read, read sci-fi, you would fucking read that book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Make him feel bad. <laughs> Got a gatekeep. It's a it's a book that you probably need to suggest to people to read, but you also tell them that they're probably not going to enjoy it very much. Yeah, because misery loves company. Exactly. If I fucking exactly. read it, you better read it so we can both say, oh my god, what the fuck with this book? I read that book, and then John read that book, and then we had Jace read that book, and then I bought the book for Courtney so I could be like, read this goddamn book so I can tell you it's bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that book's good. I mean, it's all right. What's your number seven? All right. On? My number seven, I expect it to be higher on Steven's list. I think it's the only series that I have on my list. It is Red Rising. Hey, that's also my number seven. Oh, nice. Those books are a ton of fun. Dude, they're so I much fun. I've never read those. They're so, they're much, so fun. much fun. I recently reread the first book. It's break so good. the chains. Gotta break the chain. It's like uh, way more aggressive. Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah. Way more aggressive Hunger yeah, Games. Yeah, absolutely. So like, do like, people eat people? Or yeah. yes. Awesome! Yes, I love good cannibalism. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and it's not even a big on the cannibalism. It's like the like a sex slave thing, right? There's, there's, there's a little that, bit of that, right? And there's cannibalism. It's wild. It's so So good. like here, I'm a, do you want to tell your bit first? Or you want me to tell my bit first? You can tell your bit. All right, so you got these different colors. Everyone's got a color. Uh-huh. It's like a race thing, but it's it's a cast. solely yeah, it's a caste system. It's on birth. Okay. It's not like it doesn't matter about the color of your skin. Mm-hmm. It matters about your color. So every you know, there's gold, there's black, there's green, there's blue, there's orange, there's red. But the color also gives you inherent physical and mental abilities. So, I don't remember what color. Is it blue that's, like, tech-savvy? Yeah, blue and green do tech stuff. Like, black is, like, a guard. Uh, gold is, like... King. Gold is number one. Cream of the crop, all at the top. Uh, you got red. Red is the bottom. It's the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> the reds are sent to new planets to mine in the earth, or in the, you know, the land, to get valuable minerals, mm-hmm. uh, and to become the foundation for society almost literally because they are treaded upon constantly. So you got this kid who joins this group, and they're going to make him a gold, and so he's going to take on the world and change from within. Mm-hmm. It's it's so much fun. It's so All much right, fun. Yeah, so much fun. So you've got, you got like a Hunger Game-esque in the first book where it basically just feels like a Hunger Game book because he's got to get his name out there. So he's fighting amongst the golds. You're talking about the whole series, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Same. Okay, except for the except for the pre, the, uh, the next series bit. So, yeah, the, the Dark Iron trilogy or whatever. Oh, okay, cool. I'm glad it has a name now. Yeah, Red Rising, there are three books. Okay, so... The Red Rising Saga, there are technically five books. We're getting the sixth book soon. It's all the same series, apparently. I am talking about the first three books, yep. just the first trilogy. Iron Gold, I read. I didn't like it as much as these books, but I need to go back and reread it and read Dark Age, and then whenever the sixth book comes out, I'll read those three again. And I'm mm-hmm. sure they'll be fun. But 
I'm Hunger Games. You got you got space battles. You've got betrayals. It's so good. It's so much fun. It's so good. Like there's they're not super important in the grand spectrum of science fiction, but they're just a lot of fun to read. Mm-hmm. All right, so, awesome. Like <laughs> you've got better than Dune. Lots of the characters are so <laughs> cool. Most Lots of the characters yeah. are so badass. Yeah. It's so sick. And they got cool names because they're based on like old Greek yeah. and mm-hmm. Roman people because they like they, they name their children after like influential people from before. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's That's fantastic. Cool. Sweet. Yes, I will read them. That sounds good. Also, the science stuff is super sick. There's no robots in this yeah, future space because they got outlawed for being like too hands off. Also, they fight with too like swords. Off. Yeah. With with electronic swords, they're they're whips. They're called razors. Really? Oh, they yeah. go from whip. They go from whip to like lightsaber. It's yeah, so you can cool. change how you want yeah. it to be represented. You mm-hmm. can have like a scythe or a sickle or a sword or whatever. It's fucking cool. It's sick. What do you what do you mean yeah. by robots were outlawed because they were too hands off? What does that mean? Like the golds don't the golds see themselves as as the scythe. They are the reaper. They are the reason. Like, if you have a war, you're going to send golds to fight. Okay. They're not going to send robots and shit. They want to go down and they want to fuck stuff up. Okay. Because they're ruthless. Yeah. And the the caste system for golds is super cool. Because you got, like, low golds. Or, like, they're called bronzies. They don't look... They look kind of almost a gold. Like, they were born gold. But they're not, mm-hmm. like, good. And then you got, they're like, the hard. peerless scarred. They are, like... The most badass of the badass, and they have one scar. It's so fucking cool. Like I, I was given the scar. There is no one above me. I am a peerless scarred. It's so it like ah, oh, it's so good. It's so cool. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be reading that. It is an absolute blast. But yes, Tammy, it is your number six. Oh, um. My number six is Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. This book, um, and I had to teach this book too, which actually made it even better. But this book is considered, there, there, there's two um, books that uh, created the sci-fi genre. One was produced in like 1610, but they don't really go back and count that one as much. Um, but actually, Mary Shelley's uh, Frankenstein is considered like the first modern um, or sci-fi book at all. Um, she started the genre, kind of, um, which is kind of interesting because she's a female, right? Um, mm-hmm. She's such. And, a, she's a super cool. Yeah, and she wrote figure. it in such a short time too. You know, it was kind of like a challenge. Um, they were mm-hmm. challenging each other, and she like came up with this. And the the whole idea, um, you know, putting aside Hollywood's, you know, making it a fucking monster movie, right? Um, mm-hmm. The whole idea of using science in an inappropriate versus an appropriate way is it inappropriate to try to create another human from bits and pieces from other humans, um, and then some electricity? Is that like immoral? Is it like you know? And that, so I like that idea of it, too, is, you know, what what should we do with all the science accomplishments that we have? And that kind of goes with AI, too, right? It kinda, mm-hmm. it kinda, it, AI, to me, is kind of like a whole new, just different Frankenstein story. 
you know, they have these these robots now. Like I said, that one that's got uh, she's got fucking citizenship in Saudi Arabia, which is funny because you know Saudi Arabia being what it is and not letting women drive and stuff, right? But they give a robot citizenship, um, and she's female, and she can she can you know ask questions. You can ask her questions, and she she can even tell jokes and stuff. But you know, is that an ethical thing? And so, you know, to create something like that. So I, I just, I don't know. I, th- I think this book is like really, again, being the, the, you know, the beginning of the sci-fi genre, that's kind of, to me, a, a really kind of big turning point. Absolutely. Also, that book is really good. Yeah, it's it is. It's such a kick-ass book. Yeah, it is. It's, it's written like pre-1900 right um it's mm-hmm. 1823 like yeah 1823 okay even earlier than i thought and it's like a fun book like mm-hmm. you could read that now and still enjoy that book yeah most schools teach it because of that uh i uh i i mean i should already know but i can't go on uh goodreads anymore and look at reviews Mm-hmm. Goodreads is like yeah. the IMDb of books. It's a good site to like cat catalog all your your want to reads and currently readings and ratings and shit. The top review it said zero out of five stars. What the fuck, Frankenstein? You get burned. You get burned once by Goodreads and then you just off it. Vicious. Well, I, vicious taught me that lesson quick. <laughs> I just don't know how you can rate any book a zero out of five stars unless you're rating a movie and you're saying nah. Not even a book. Terrible. <laughs> Fucking trash. This is a book. You have to get like it, it accomplished itself in being a book, and it's good. Yeah. You fucking horrific person. Did they say mm-hmm. why they gave it zero out of five? I did. I I couldn't read the rest of oh the. Oh my review. god. That's when you just want to get on there and say, "You human piece of crap. What are you fucking talking about? Evidently, you're uneducated. Get the fuck off Goodreads. We know you don't even read." Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you type in uh, Frankenstein into Goodreads, you can probably find it. Ooh. But well, like while we're on the topic of creating AIs and whether or mm-hmm. not that's something we should do, uh, I had to write a paper. I didn't have to. I wrote a paper on uh, Deep Blue, the program, the program that beat, beat mm-hmm. what's his face? the chess master. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then around the time that I wrote this paper, there was also something called AlphaGo. Uh, so Go is a game, is a much older yeah. game than chess. You yeah. play on a 19 by 19 grid board. I had a professor that place... used to play that. Yeah, Go is a ton of fun, but it's super complicated. Yes, because it's, it's very abstract. Yes. You just have this empty board, and you just place tiles on the piece on the board, and the only rule is you can't place where you have no liberties, which means open spaces around you, mm-hmm. and if you are completely surrounded, all of your pieces go away. They get captured because it's like a war game. That's it. Those are the rules, and you just play. And it takes like an hour, and it's really difficult. Yeah. So for them to create an AI that needed to surpass a Go master, AlphaGo, which was created by Google, they had to – it was described as they had to basically create uh, imagination for the AI. Yeah. Because the the game is so abstract, it needs to think – because in chess, you can just go, here's a list of mm-hmm. all of the moves, 
and I want you to pick the best move in each scenario. Right. And that's, you know, super difficult to do. But, like, once you get that concept and once you're a programmer, like, it's, it's a, it's a, it may take a while, but it's very cut and dry. To figure out what plan is good at Go, it's so much more abstract. And they actually did, you know, create this program that eventually beat a Go master. And I think it was really interesting that it was described as creating some sort of uh, imagination for this robot. Which is scary when you think about it. I agree. And that was like three or four years ago at this point. I mean, it's cool, but it's scary at the same time. <laughs> of course. Uh, just real quick, before we get away from Red Rising, listen to those books on Audible. Tim Gerard Reynolds. Tim Gerard Reynolds. All right. The motherfucking man. That dude, I'll listen to anything he reads. Anything. I don't give a shit. He's so good. Absolutely the best the best way to enjoy those books. Is kind of like listening to a, a Stephen King audio as he, he reads his own books. Sometimes he Sometimes. reads his own books. Yeah. I read I've listened to a lot that he didn't Really? Uh like the Dark Tower series. The mm-hmm. guy who read the first three books died, so the, the four through seven were read by a different guy. Mm. That would which be, was weird. Yeah, that would be weird. And so the audiobook that I listened to from the stand was from like 1998 so it was on tapes it was awful <laughs> fucking cassettes <laughs> yeah so i listened to lord of the rings <laughs> that's why you hate it mm-hmm. gotta flip cassettes and you gotta listen to fucking hobbits sing constantly <laughs> what's your number six alex uh it's two books and there's game in my period Oh my fucking god! Wait, 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 because you're a maniac. Yeah, those those aren't in the same series, Alex. They're not. What was the second one? Hyperion, I think, was the second one. Hyperion, okay. I don't know. They both seem really good. Pick Alex. Alex. Both of those books should be in spots between one and six. You gotta pick. You gotta pick right now. Uh, Hyperion. Okay, that's fine. That's a reasonable and number, number six, six that you've never read before. <laughs> sure. We'll talk about it more later, though. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we fucking will. You best believe. We'll I've talk never about read it that one either. We'll talk. Well, since Alex has never read it, we'll okay. we'll talk about it when it comes on Stephen or my spot. Cool. All right. What's your number uh, six, John? Wait, 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 Alex. Does that mean that Ender's Game is no longer on your list? No, not anymore. You got to read that one too. That's your number. That's, that's your number eleven. I do like Ender's Game. Yeah, put that on what your your honorable mentions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure. My number six. This book is very good, and it is kind of fun. And by kind of fun, I mean it is fun, but it's also disgusting. My number six is Carrying Comfort. I've never heard of it. See, that. I didn't put that book on this list either. Why? This is definitely sci-fi. It's hundred percent science fiction. There's no yeah. space and shit. I don't it's know. Superpowers. I don't it's know. Superpowers. Have have superpowers it's... are science fiction. Yeah. Okay. Sure. That's reasonable. Maze Runner wasn't space either, and it it was it's science fiction. Fahrenheit four fifty one wasn't really space. Yeah, but that's like that's like steampunk esque. Yeah. Right. Carrying comfort. It's not like well, it, it's not, but it has the feeling of it, it's also. They got they mm, got Walt. That's true. And shit okay. And, yeah, well, I mean, they have they have stuff that we have today in society, but it was written before we had those things. Yeah. Right, right. Carrying comfort, though. All right, so what's carrying comfort? 
there are there are mind vampires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steven, it's my pick. You didn't even put it on your list. It's yeah, fucking well. trash. <laughs> so, uh, so carrying comfort. It is mind vampires. Mind. It is having the ability to mind control people. Okay, then why is that not fantasy? Because it's superpowers. It's, superpowers. So it's not. It's so not a vampire is a science per se. But okay. But what? Okay. Because would magic be a superpower? No, magic no. is magic is different than that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Also, if you type it, I don't. I don't exactly know, but like, if you just type in "carrying comfort" into Google or into Goodreads, it'll tell you that it's science fiction. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, so you've got these people. There's many people throughout time, but you have this group of people who can suggest things to people. Uh, different levels. You got one one guy who literally can just like so he he'll like try to seduce someone, and he can just force it a little bit. But that's like the extent of his powers, and he's like a low tier, where you've got someone who can. They call it uh, what's the word, Stephen? Condition. They condition people, which is disgusting. It is. It is. So, so you got like this old woman. She's mm-hmm. just hanging out, and she just like talks to this lady, and as she's talking to her, well, that lady is like, like she doesn't have a mental barrier up. She's just like having a conversation. Right. She's just like inches in a little bit with her mind she just kind of like infiltrates a little bit and just starts to like make it so that this lady feels really really good when she pleases this other lady like in conversation if she Mm -hmm. did something that the other lady likes it just pushes all of those endorphins she fucking loves it and then just slowly it just she kind of hollows that person out to where if she's not controlling her she's just standing there not doing anything Yep. Wow! It is, and she can just fit her on like a glove and walk around with her and yeah. do stuff for her in her voice as herself. It's disgusting, and the more they do this, it kind of like slows and sometimes even reverses the aging process on them. They gotta kill if they kill the person they they mind control. They mm-hmm. gain they get health back like a vampire. Ooh. Yeah, like a little bit. So. The book is just like a bit, it's almost like a big chess game between these fucking mind vampires playing against each other. And then you've got regular people who don't have mind vampire powers. Who were affected by the mind vampires at one point. So they're like Mm -hmm. out for vengeance. There's a human chess scene at the very beginning of this book that is fucking crazy. The The book is disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty bad. You've got people who don't really kill other people, but they just, like, make them not a person anymore. Mm-hmm. You've got... Yeah, it sounds you know, like great. my kind of book. It really does. It's called Carrie and Comfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure you'd enjoy it, but it's not fun, per se, because, I, you know, right rape isn't fun, but yeah, it's very well written. It's super well Dan, written. Fucking Dan Simmons Dan does not Dan Simmons? Holy shit, that dude can write a book. Mm-hmm. He wrote Hyperion too. Yeah, one of my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in Carrion Comfort. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like crazy or anything. Like there's no spoilers or whatever. But she, one of the the main characters, mind controls the dude. It's a taxi driver. She mind controls him. She has him take him to her house or his house because she's she ran out of money or something. She's running from stuff. She has him take him to her house, 
she puts him back in the cab and tells him to go in a loop on the highway. Every time you pass an exit, increase your speed by five miles per hour. Oh, my God. So he does that. He does that until he dies. Oh, my God. And she gains powers because of it. It is insane. She just... Also, she's running from... She's running from someone. Someone is chasing her. She's, yeah. She just... There's a dude on the street. Oh, cool. I touched you. You're mine now. Fight the dude who's chasing me. So I don't give a I shit who you are. So where can I sign up for are. these powers? Hmm? Where can I sign up for these powers? Yeah, I know. Disgusting. That's why it was my number one. It's the coolest fucking thing in the world. It's so cool. No, it's disgusting. It's, it's so terrible. cool. Oh, it's... it's uh, yeah, I'm gonna read it. I promise. She... <laughs> She just takes people, uses them. If they die, oh, cool, I get more powers. Neat. They don't die, cool, you're now mine. It's a win-win. Yeah. She yeah. also, she knows her neighbor works at a dock. She's at a dock for an unrelated reason. She's like, hey, I need you right now. It's de- doesn't know his fucking name. Knows he works at a dock. Mind fucking takes him, and she, he comes running to help. It's nuts. It's insane. It's ridiculous. It's so good. It's so terrifying. It's so yeah, terrifying. Yeah, also, with the Epstein thing, it's so, it's so fucking... Yep, yep, 100%. That's, okay, I, for, I even forgot about that. But reading, listening to this book, mm-hmm. like, m- a couple months after the Epstein trials... Yeah. You're like, holy fuck, Epstein's a fucking yeah. mime vampire. Yeah, no, no, like, like, this book... This book was written in, like, the 80s or some shit, or, like, the 90s. It's fucking it's crazy. And it's surprisingly relevant. All right. Yeah, definitely. And see, y'all have just hyped it up. I'm going to read it now. That'll be my next book to read. It's a hol- it's a Halloween time book. All right. I that's mean, cool. Yeah, it's spooky. Stephen, where would this have been on your list? Uh, It's probably top five. Ooh, like number no, four it's or not. five? It's probably number it's, six. It's probably six, honestly. Man, Stephen, we almost lined up for two of them. I know, but well, I Well, no, that's I not true, because your number six would have been number seven. My though. number six is Do Android Dream of Electric Cheap. That book's really okay. good. It's a good book. sweet. Yeah. I enjoy the hell out of it. John, wait, did, what? Wait, I, I, got, I got lost in the lineup here. So was... Alex's was Hyperion, right? Yes. Okay. And then yours was the Carrion Comfort, and then... Okay. So that takes mm-hmm. us to my five... Top yes. five. All right. Real quick on uh, yeah. on Android Dream. Yeah. The ending of that book's insane. Also, her just chucking that sheep off the roof is hilarious. It's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He got a real sheep, and she just killed him. Yeah, yeah. she fucking shows okay. up, and she kills it, and leaves. It's fantastic. Yes. <laughs> All right, listener. You have arrived at the end of the first of two parts for this episode. Because this episode was so long, we decided to split it up into two parts. We broke it up halfway after we finished our number sixes and before we gave you our number fives. So, you can jump into that other episode with another unique intro and get listening to the rest of the episode. Deuces.